Welcome to the HR Matters Podcast, the place where you can listen to fresh ideas about working together with news and topics that really matter and insights into what changes you can make at your organization today. For HR professionals, managers, and really anyone who has a keen investment in the people within their organization. Featuring Shay Hardy. Hi. Marlene Fluch. Hello. And me, Lisa Dempsey. So Marjolein, I think you came across a, a really interesting topic for us to discuss today. Do you want to give us a bit of an intro? Yeah, sure. Um, actually, um, one of our listeners sent me a link to an article on Medium. And she said, I read this and I thought of your podcast. And she's interested in hearing our views on this. Um, and it's, uh, it's quite a good one. Uh, the title is Dumb Rules That Makes Make Your Best People Want to Quit. Um, and I'm guessing she uh, this, this connects to her personal experiences. But um, let me tell you what the, uh, what the um, link, sorry, what the um, article says. Um, it's hard enough to attract and hold on to good employees, but to attract and hold on to the best employees is even harder. And occasionally, the really good ones leave because of an opportunity they can't pass up. But most of the time, the cause lies within the company they're leaving. Uh, too many workplaces create rule-driven cultures that may keep management feeling like things are under control, but they actually make people want to leave. And the article lists a number of fields where uh, things might go wrong in this uh, aspect, which are hiring people, the way performance reviews are done, uh, rules about on-site attendance, about time off and feedback methods, and even about the use of internet and phones in the office. And feedback methods is also a good one. And it's interesting because um, I think, first of all, that we can find better alternatives for the dumb rules that the article lists. Uh, but also it indicates that HR really has a bad reputation in a lot of uh, organizations and there's so much room for improvement there. Um, so you've both uh, read the article. Uh, what's your view? What's your opinion on, on these dumb rules? Do you think they're really dumb? Do you think they make sense? Do you think there's room for improvement? Shay, what do you think? I, I definitely think that... Um... At least for me, one of the rules that I've always found very challenging within HR is the time off rule. And this is one of the examples that the article gives. And I am very much in love with companies that have a um, unlimited holiday policy, because I think that treating employees like adults uh, provides um, more trust and I think better productivity the companies that do have unlimited holidays find that um, their employees are not trying to take the whole year off. They're not just going off and blowing off work and not coming back. But these people gen in general feel very responsible for what they're delivering. They know that they have the ability to take some time off when and if they need it, however they need it. But they feel responsibility to delivering and making sure that things are done so that while they're away, um, they can rest easy. And yeah. you find that people who are using or are uh, provided with this unlimited 
um, vacation or holiday time don't n- normally take more than two to three weeks at a time they, because the work still has to be done. It, it doesn't matter if you have unlimited holidays or 30 days a year, the work still has to be done. So if you're not doing the well, work, like that, you get fired. It's that old adage of hire smart people to do a good job and empower them to do a good job. Right. And trying to babysit and micromanage them and their free time doesn't really serve that purpose very well. No, I agree. It, it, it's, not, it's not smart to stand over someone and tell them how to do their job. Otherwise, you can just do it yourself. True. Yeah. yeah. And I've read uh, yeah. and heard of uh, companies who've already stopped registering holiday hours or limiting holiday hours. And the thing right, they run into is that actually people take less hours and less fewer days than they uh, are entitled to. So they're actually taking less rest and time off than they need. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, sound, it seems like rules that don't really need to be there. In most organizations. From an HR perspective, the administration for time off is a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It is. If there's one thing that can be taken away, that one should. So imagine. So much time and energy is is invested in it. And there's just no ROI. There's no return on that investment. Imagine how much time it would save HR people if they don't need to do all that administration of holiday hours and time off and just let people be adults and take responsibility for the work that needs to be done. Right. Well, and I think it goes beyond just the, the, the HR time that's saved. It's organizationally, mm. you can become so much more effective. Right. And another one of the examples that uh, came up in the article that I love, and there, there's so much that I love about this topic, because I think there, there are a lot of really well-intentioned HR people and HR departments out there that are working really hard to create a lot of great rules and processes and procedures, but are not aware of the real impact that it has on them, that it has on their their relationship with the business Mm -hmm. and the overall effectiveness of the people. And so one of the examples that I really love in the article as well is annual performance reviews. Oh, annual performance <laughs> reviews. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> We've all been there. You know, you're suddenly it's the end of the year and you become the, you know, it feels like being the slave driver of did you get your reviews done? <laughs> and you know what's happening is people are booking in time with a manager. They're having a conversation that probably is providing very little meaning or value. You might be in a big company that's also doing either calibration meetings or some form of forced distribution, <laughs> which I think there have been a lot of really public examples out there oh, in recent God. years of how toxic that actually yeah. is. You know, that, that is not a healthy no, uh, way of doing things. No. But I really get it. You know, a lot of HR people are stuck in a situation where, you know, especially if you're in a big corporate environment, you might be one person who's responsible and trying to manage the HR function for thousands of people in lots of different territories. How do you do that? How do you make that manageable? How do you make that useful? And I think in every business, it it looks different, but I'm really happy to see more businesses moving to continuous conversation. Yes. 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 I've seen a lot about that. A lot of articles talking about giving advice instead of having this uh, semi-annual or annual review or even quarterly 
some so, companies are moving to quarterly. It should just be a fluid conversation. How, how's yeah. it going? Where do you need help? How are we, what training do you need? Where, where can we make improvements? Why are we waiting? Yeah. And why, why does there need to be an HR process to support what really should just be relationships mm-hmm. between people and teams and managers and, and working groups? You know, it's more, I think why they do that is because they've, and, and I love a lot of leaders and managers out there. You're all very wonderful, mm-hmm. but some of you are lazy. You want to push the responsibility for that to someone else. And they're not properly trained on how to manage that. That's also true. Yeah, that's also true. That will I, I really wonder if it's laziness or I, I've seen a lot of people in, in management or even leadership positions where it, it's almost like there's a level of fear. You know, there's that if you start that conversation yeah. and it's an ongoing conversation and there isn't, you know, some sort of framework to either try and stuff it into or something that makes it feel, quote unquote, efficient. You're right. I, I thought, although I, I do agree, you're probably right. It's more fear than anything. I do know a couple of managers who are just lazy. <laughs> yeah. we all we all know those managers let's be honest we all we all, we all know somebody who <laughs> but no I think you're right I think the main point is that they're afraid I think you're right about that I think you're right it's an uncomfortable conversation even when it's it's praise some people don't know how to give feedback mm. even when it's positive yeah. feedback well it requires a certain level of vulnerability to acknowledge somebody to give them praise to champion them you know, and, and I think there are a lot of people who are in that, you know, team lead, manager, leadership position who they haven't developed that skill set. Well, so help, but helping I think, managers develop a skill set would be a good contribution to get rid of dumb rules. Do you think that's true? <laughs> so much more value <laughs> than trying to, to prescribe some sort of process and procedure that everybody has to fit through. Great. Mary Lane, what, yeah. what was the one on the article? Which one did you like? I, I'm guessing which one, but I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I liked a bunch of them, but the, the one that jumped out at me most is the hiring process. Uh, to yeah. humanize the hiring process uh, and get better and more talented people because it's the same for all of these rules. I think uh, what the article also says is that most people within management and HR in an organization think things are going well here. We have the rules mm-hmm. set up or we need to adjust the rules but uh, and the, the rules are doing great but in, a, in, in reality, from the point of view of the employee or in the hiring process, the point of view of the candidate, things look completely different. Yeah, and I it, agree. It, yeah, and it, it, when you are applying for jobs yourself, you suddenly realize, oh, wait a minute, what's going on here? This is awful. And it doesn't need to be that awful. It's still awful because you're, you're going in for a, a nerve-wracking situation. You, you get uh, evaluated and you might get the job or you might not. And if you don't, then that might be a very unpleasant situation. Um, but it would be a great improvement, I think, for organizations and for recruiters as well to have a look through the eyes of a candidate 
go through the process and see what happens and see how that might make people feel and see where improvements might be. And those might be improvements that cost you a little money to get a better system in order or uh, really purchase something that helps you improve the process. But it's also in so many small things that don't cost you anything. And you can let go of some dumb rules and make the whole process more human. There's a real value in making it about the human experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and that starts with that very first touch point of somebody's thinking about joining your company. Mm. And there's so much value in that. You know, one of the things as well that the article um, highlights that, that I also really love is if you have mediocre people doing mediocre work, you're going to have a mediocre company. So, you know, you really want to stimulate the best people to come in. And a part of that is creating an experience. Um, and it doesn't have to be flashy, but it's, there, there's a saying that I love and it's, you know, kindness is free. <laughs> Sprinkle that everywhere. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Sprinkle it everywhere like confetti is what I saw. Oh, good yes. one. Yes. The value of kindness is what I like to say because it gives so much value and it doesn't cost anything. How, no. how effective is that? <laughs> how profitable yeah. is that? It's wonderful. And the, the, the good news is, is that I think in a lot of businesses, you're seeing finally a shift to not just the customer experience, but now the people or the employee experience. Yeah. There are even some companies like, I think it's Airbnb, they don't even have an HR function. They have a people experience function. They renamed it. Uh, I don't know if they renamed it or it started out that oh, way, yeah. but it's, it's where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> and there are more companies that are moving towards that. You know, they're, they're learning that there really is something important about the experience. And on the whole, you know, the big picture takeaway for me from, from this whole topic is we really need to be thinking about the value of the experience. And, and how often have we ever as individuals experienced that, some sort of process or procedure has been helpful. Mm. Right. Um, there's a great thing that um, Google did at one time, at least when Larry Page was the CEO, and they had this thing called the toothbrush test. What's that? That's, well, it was basically, it was, it was like a litmus test for, should we do this? Is this going to be valuable to us? And it was just a very bare bones basic of like, can I pick it up? And am I going to use it at least twice a day? And is it going to make my life better? <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't do anything unless it like met that bare bones criteria. Oh, cool, good one. <laughs> and what a great experience criteria to put out there for like HR. Like, is this, is this process or policy or whatever label you want to put on it, governance, is it going to pass the toothbrush test? I think that, I think a lot of what, especially the larger companies, what they do is out of habit. This is the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what other companies do. So I guess that's what we need to do as well. Right. That's another factor. Right. I think they, they miss the opportunity to be entrepreneurial or to think differently. And for it's for a lot of reasons, it, you know, pressure from, uh, management or time constraints or small staff you, means that you can't always get to be um, try something new rather instead you're just looking to let's get through 
the mundane and the administrative, and then I can do something more strategic to help my company and help my leaders, the leaders in the company. Yeah. 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 I love that because that's where you, you know, things really shift into providing value when you're, when you're supporting whatever your business's strategy may be, as opposed to just going through some sort of cookie cutter process. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a game changer. You know, when, if a company is like, particularly when HR is overrun with managers who are not interested in having anything different Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're one or two uh, HR representatives within an organization of hundreds. I'm exaggerating a bit, but how can HR professionals, you know, look at these processes and really do a proper uh, toothbrush test if they don't have the support? I love that question. And I think it's a hard one. Yeah. I don't, there's not a one size fits all. No. I think it depends very much on the culture. Yeah. But one, one thing that I did when I was in inside HR functions and when I found myself, you know, on more than one occasion in a company where the, the culture didn't necessarily support that, uh, what it was more traditional and didn't support change or different ways of thinking. So I would go out in the business and find people in the business, you know, senior leaders in the business to support me and, mm. and get their sponsorship to help make a business case of actually, this is why this is important. Yeah, that's very this smart. Isn't- what I also like and what I, what was effective for me was to give a good example to treat people as humans, yeah. treat people as adults, be kind, show them what the effect is on themselves and on me, because my job was much more pleasant and fun behaving that way uh, and combining that with finding other people uh, to support it in the company and spread, spread the word and spread the behavior and spread Mm. the mindset. Really. It's, it's quite, sometimes it's quite big mindset shift that needs to happen. Um, But it's, it's so wonderful to, to get that to spread in an organization and to see that happen. What I what we did in in one company, I was we did a pilot on a smaller team, mm-hmm. and we adjusted their rules and and yeah. then and from there we built our own business case. If it could work with this team, it could work with others. Great. Yeah, let's spread this. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it will also yeah, help really to have great. more business cases from other organizations that do it? Or will people think, oh, yes, that, sure, that works for Google but it wouldn't, or Netflix <laughs> or whoever, but it would never work for me? I think you're always going to have naysayers. Mm. You're always going to have someone that says, yeah, that's Google. They have $1 trillion in revenue. Of course, they can try different things. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think that that's also a really important point because I – I know in my experience in a variety of different HR environments and departments, there are so many people within HR who do get scared off by the naysayers. Mm. They want to have the consensus. And it's not about, you know, sticking your neck out all the time and putting your head on the chopping block, but accepting that you can't make everybody happy all of the time. And I say that's what I also love about your example of, you know, sometimes just start it with a a small pilot group, start small see what works, build a business case and let it grow, but stick with it yeah. and, and believe in it despite the naysayers. Yeah. 
They will always be there. Yeah. You don't have to listen to them. True. True. Understanding the wisdom of the value that you want to bring to your business and the experience that you want to give to the people in your business. Because again, if you have mediocre people doing mediocre things, the business is going to remain mediocre. And that's the same, you know, with all of your processes and policies and procedures. True. And you don't have to throw them all out the door, but making sure that the ones that are there are really providing the value yeah. that's going to help the business thrive and the people thrive. Yeah. There was one other thing in the article. Uh, it make, came up with a suggestion, or not the suggestion, but the dumb rule of on-site attendance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just, I hate that rule so much. <laughs> <laughs> I Sometimes, because uh, I do internal communications and, and HR, sometimes you need to be away from the situation to think of something creative to do. And if you're strapped to the desk in the group, in the room where people are constantly coming to you with questions or what have you, then you, um, then you don't have that, the brain space to go somewhere else and think of something different. Mm. True. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, I I just, there's a great Ted talk. I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of, of the professor, but it's, um, on, on my LinkedIn and, and, uh, Facebook site, but it's about how boredom leads to brilliance Mm -hmm. because your brain does need to have that space, you know, and it, it, I'm sure people have experienced it in different forms, but you know, for me, oftentimes like in the morning while I'm in the shower, getting ready, suddenly a brilliant idea will come. (laughs) Yes. In the shower. It's like, that's it. You're like, why can't I have a pin in here? What's going on? I'm so glad you shared that link because it was great. And it's so true. Yeah, so there, there is a real value to that space. And there, I think it, there are more companies that are getting on board with this idea of remote working, yeah. whether it be, you know, it starts sometimes from a cost savings measure, but they're getting it. Yeah. And there, there are more and more experts out there in the field. I'll actually, I'll, I'll give a short plug to, to someone that I know, Lizette Sutherland. She has a great book that she's just written on working together everywhere. Oh. And it's all about how to do really effective remote working. Wow. So, cool. oh, that's useful. Yeah. Our first plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, should we wrap this up? Yeah. Um, well, can you both give your top tip or your main takeaway from this uh, topic? Dumb rules that make people want your best people want to quit. Lisa, what would be your top tip in this uh, in this respect? toothbrush test and start thinking about it from the perspective of what is bringing your people value. Yeah. Good one. Shay, how about you? Um, I would say uh, building uh, an environment of trust Mm -hmm. and being able to trust each other. But also that starts even when we're talking about your hiring process and who you're hiring. Because if you're not hiring the right people, you can't build the right trust. You can't, it all is kind of a snowball effect. But whatever people you have now, start there and then move forward. Yeah. I love that. Let, let go of the fear and step into the trust. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I think I, what I love about this uh, mindset shift is that when HR people and other managers decide to embark on this and to really go for this shift in their mindset, 
not only will it get better for the employees in the organization, it will also get better for them. It will reduce stress and fear in managers and in HR people and work will be more fun for them as well. So it's so rewarding to go for this and to really do this. Yeah, work should absolutely. Be exactly. I do think that. Yeah, it, it should be. It should be rewarding and engaging and, and a, a great environment. So listeners, we want to hear from you. What are some of the dumb rules that you've seen and what are the, the tips and tricks that, you know, you've found that have maybe unlocked the, this, this bind that, that we so often see in businesses? So share your stories, share your ideas with us. We'd really love to hear from you. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. And uh, we look forward to uh, speaking with you again soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.